Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Well, thank you so very, very, very much. Hey, wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem, America. Today in the What's Hot Spotlight is DeBert Cook. DeBert is the media expert who founded African American Golfers Digest, celebrating black golf. She's the first black woman to wholly own a U.S. golf magazine, showcasing achievements in print and digital formats. She's an influential speaker, holds memberships in various organizations, and has received numerous awards. She's a trailblazing guest who has transformed the world of golf and shattered glass ceilings like never before. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say DeBert Cook is what's hot. <laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good, GK. Thank you for having me today. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out. I know you're in the airport. Ladies and gentlemen, DeBert is in the airport on her way to the Jim Beatty African-American Golf Expo and Forum down in Louisville, Kentucky, where uh, a lot of us will be uh, this weekend. I'm going down myself Sunday night, and uh, it's uh, a a wonderful opportunity to uh, meet and greet some of the uh, power players in golf and in the, the, uh, the, the, well, I, I guess the golf industry. And we're going to talk all about that with DeBert. So, first of all, DeBert, let's talk about <laughs> let, let let's talk about your early beginnings. I asked all my guests to uh, take the uh, wayback machine. So let's go way back and tell us what it was like growing up as little DeBert Cook. Okay. Okay. Um... I grew up in a small town of West Virginia, in um, Montgomery, West Virginia, the big city, Charleston, and we lived there for a couple of years, too. So that's where my beginnings are. I'm the great-granddaughter and granddaughter of a West Virginia coal miner. My um, parents worked very hard raising me. They were raised by a family that struggled, you know, in those days, my mom in the 30s, my grandma in the 20s. So we have a family history that goes back to West Virginia, where my grandfather, he lost both of his legs in the coal mine as a 22-year-old man, just married. And my grandmother went on to raise six children. And my mom came from that stock, and she is the inspiration for my life. I've learned so many things of how you can overcome difficulty and challenges just from that experience of seeing my grandfather make it like he did and raising his family from West Virginia with that accident. So I went on to go ahead and finish my schooling and we ended up in Ohio where I did my teenage years and some of my college. Okay, so now what did you, when you went to um, school in Ohio, uh, what did you think you wanted to become? What was your focus at that point? Oh, you know, that's such a good question, D.K., because I had no idea. Growing up in West Virginia and in Ohio, we were only exposed to 
the occupations of being a teacher or being a nurse or being uh, someone who worked in the office. Those are the only career paths that I really was informed about. And then high school, one day at South High School in Youngstown, Ohio, I was exposed to career day. And at career day, I don't know if you know Greg Andrews from ABC television affiliate in Youngstown, Ohio, but he ran a TV show that he hosted on Black Community News. He was invited as a speaker to career day at my high school. I sat down, listened to him, and had no idea that there was a career in media. That's where I first was exposed to media careers. Yep, that's where it was. All right, so uh, all right, so you're exposed to uh, media careers, and uh, from that point, uh, how did you sort of navigate your way to where you are now? I went to Youngstown State University. I majored in communications, public relations. I did two years at Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts, a finishing school for broadcast journalists and people who want to be in front of the camera or technology behind the camera. I learned editing, I learned production, how to write advertising scripts, all that good stuff. And then I finished um, and went on to New York where I got my first job, not in broadcasting, but I'd done several internships in Ohio in broadcasting, but I went on to New York to get my first job with Philip Morris in their communications department, handling special events. So that was how my career path started. And from there, after doing four years, I think, at Philip Morris, I did two years at Business Week magazine. Mm-hmm. Then the pieces started to come together. I'm like, oh, wow, I love this. I love getting news. I love pulling the wire, finding out what's going on. I've already always been curious. And people I even had a reputation in my community and my family. Don't tell DeBert. Don't tell her nothing. She will tell it. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, well, I guess this is me and this is a perfect fit. And it was. So I stayed at Philip Morris and I had a wonderful career there and at Business Week. Then I launched my um, a business, Event Planners Plus, which turns 25 years old this year, mm-hmm. doing corporate meetings, seminars, workshops, trade shows. And I got some government contracts with the African Burial Ground and GSA in New York. I was on my own for 10 years. It's still, the company's still running. And I just, I'm very selective now, the clients that I choose. I don't have to grind and grind like I used to. But um, two years, five years into that, I launched the magazine. And I learned a lot of skills from Business Week magazine and the Network Journal magazine in New York. And I put those skills together, took some web classes, took some more writing classes, took some editing classes, you know, to, to sharpen my skills. And the magazine actually launched in 2003. And we put the website up. I say we being a corporate organization because all my companies are corporate entities. We put mm-hmm. the website up like six months before the first print issue came out. Subscriptions were coming in. Like I'm like, this is, wait a minute. I don't even have nothing to sell yet. <laughs> so I knew I was on a good path. I knew I was on a good path to help spread the word about Blacks and golf. Okay. Well, well all right. Okay. Before we go any further, <clears throat> hold that thought. I want to know. When did you pick up a golf club? I mean, what what inspired you? Because I remember it must have been about, I don't know, 
30 years ago, I ran into you somewhere and you said to me, hey, G. Keith, you should play golf. That's right. And that's I, right. I said, golf, that's right. what the heck? I'm, I'm, I'm a DJ. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing, you know. But so tell me, when did you pick up the golf club? I was at first exposed with my uncles who were both, were both Marines and served in Vietnam. When they got out of the service, they moved to California. Our family took a trip to visit them. And one day during our vacation, they said, we're going to go to the driving range. I'm sorry for this noise at the airport. And I said, what is that? And that was my first exposure in holding a golf club and hitting a golf ball. After and, that, and you were you you were how old then? I was like 14, 14 years old. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, at four, so at fourteen years old. All right. Up until the fact that, uh, I mean, up to the point where you had learned how to put publications together what made you decide on putting together a golf magazine as opposed to an entertainment magazine or a business magazine what what was it that, about golf that you thought you knew enough uh and loved it enough that you wanted to put together a magazine that would attract other golfers okay that's another good question during my undergrad at Youngstown State University to raise money to pay my tuition, I also freelanced and did some things, which included in, in putting together a Black business economic directory for our neighborhood, our community. I would go around and solicit business card ads and put them all together in a booklet and sell it. So that was my first endeavor into publishing and actually learning how production work, timelines, deadlines, advertising specs, media kits. So that in my undergrad translated to when I was in my event planning company. I know this is kind of like off kilter, but the, my event planning company, there were always seminars and they would invite business owners to come to corporate networking events. One of those events happened to be a golf tournament. And when I worked at Philip Morris as an administrative assistant in their communications department, I remember my boss always giving me these golf invitations to RSVP to for her. And then she would go on the trip and come back with a stack full of business cards that I had to mm -hmm. put into the database. And she would use those to generate leads for her sales. So when I was running my company, Event Planners Plus, and I got invited to a corporate golf invitational, it was very familiar. Like, oh, wait a minute, my boss used to get these. And she used to come back with tons of leads to sell. So I took advantage of that. I went to Chelsea Piers in New York. You know where that's at, down yes, there by the pier. Mm -hmm. I signed up with a very nice golf coach named Mandy. I will never forget her. She was so nice. And the, the thing about the class, it was all women. So I felt very comfortable. It was for six weeks. We'd go, we learned the basics of golf, the different clubs, the etiquette of the course. And from that, I felt more comfortable to go and sign up for the corporate golf invitational. I thought I was pretty basically prepared. You know, I went to Sears <laughs> and got my first set of clubs and yeah. I should have actually just rented some clubs, but I went and got my first set of clubs and traveled to Las Vegas to play in the corporate meeting invitational. The experience was ideal. I had a wonderful time. I didn't embarrass myself on the course. I was in a nice group of foursome, met some very, very, very nice people and very influential people that I did come back home with a stack full of business cards and they uh, did turn into sales. And I was like, this is really a great niche. So to continue my golf journey, what I did 
I went around to some of the newsstands and the CVS and pharmacy, Dwayne Reed. I was looking at golf magazines. So I wanted to really get into knowing more about this gang. And then I noticed uh, there was no black people in these magazines. I would see <laughs> one maybe, and even if even that, but nothing really substantial to reflect right. on the people that I had just met on the course and in, this, in, the, in the meeting with the conference and the convention. So I said, you know, this is a good niche. And as an entrepreneur, my eyes are always peeled to spot an opportunity for business. And so I said, oh my, there's no black golf magazine. There's nothing out here for us. And that's how I started the concept with the African-American Golfers Digest. And that was what year? That was 1992. 1992. And the first issue came out in 2000. 2000 no that was 2002 and the first issue came out in 2003 and you have over 80,000 subscribers <clears throat> am i correct or you know uh, our numbers have really jumped substantially especially since covid me. when everybody was in house and mm -hmm. we're now at 175,000 opt-in subscribers and readers and our circulation is at 40,000 so everything oh, jumped great. up within the last 3 years that's fantastic. So, uh, all right. Um, what, you know, being a, a Black woman uh, and being in the publishing business, but being in a niche, a, a, a sport that, uh, you know, was, you know, a lot of Black people, I, I, I would imagine, weren't playing golf uh, as, as, as much as they are now. What were some of the challenges you had as a black publisher it's a male dominated industry that says a ton right there um people call my office they still do call me mr cook i'm looking for mr cook um <laughs> people will say i, I want to speak with the manager or the owner and uh, his name is delbert and i'm like okay so those have, have been some of the little challenges that people don't do their research before they call me or call the company looking for information the other challenge has been getting the big corporations to support us. That has always been a challenge from day one. Uh, the PGA started out supporting us very strongly in 2003. They would buy an ad in every issue for the first year when we were in business. I think it's actually the second year we were in business. Um, I only got an ad from like TaylorMade Golf when they wanted something to correct on a cover that they did about diversity. They were really embarrassed. So they called me about placing an ad, you know, to sort of rectify that among the black golfers. But other than that, we've not really had any support from the equipment manufacturers. Um, we call them, we get a return call or email. We don't have the funds or your circulation is not big enough. Or we don't need you. We're doing stuff somewhere else, you know. So that's been my biggest challenge. My support has come from the black community. People who have very little to spend have supported me with their their own hard-earned dollars Nonprofit organizations will call me and give me some of their last money to place an ad in a magazine um, and we reciprocate with that by giving them back as much as we possibly can you know we run their press releases we'll we'll do e-blast for them we'll give them double discounted rates especially with our national media partnership and that helps to get them afloat for their tournaments and events where they can't afford a golf digest, or they can't afford a golf magazine on the newsstand to run their event. 
and their their message. But we 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 really have been supported by black businesses. You know, the corporate guys they turn their eyes at us and they say, "We don't need you. What do we need you for? We have you guys buying our equipment already. We don't need you." So that's been really? my biggest challenge to keep the magazine afloat. Yeah, with the small dollars that we get. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And uh, being that I know, uh, you know, you, you, you have expenses, you're down there on Wall Street, right? I mean, uh, We're you on Wall Street. That, yeah. Yep. yeah, you would you would think being down on Wall Street, all the, uh, the, the, the people down there in business who play golf and, and so forth and so on that, that uh, you just run into them walking down the street, you know, wanting yeah. to uh, yeah. help and support you. Incredible. Well, uh, we, we've got about uh, two minutes before we go to break. And I want to take a, a minute and a half to give you an opportunity to tell me, where did you get the name DeBert? D-E-B-E-R-T. I've never heard, I've all these years I've been calling you DeBert, but it's DeBert. <laughs> where did that yeah, come from? I get to ask that a lot too, and I'm happy to let people know. It is an unusual name. Uh, the masculine is Delbert with an L in it. You may have known some Delberts, but the feminine is Delbert. It's um, an origin, a Creole origin. And my grandmother gave me that name. She, she gave me that name, and it means ruler of nobility. And when I looked okay. it up, I said, you know, I'm in the meetings industry. I'm meeting all these big guys. I'm going to all these exciting places. And that name really reflects what I do today. So um, that's the origin of it. It's the Bert, and it means ruler of nobility. Fantastic. You mentioned Creole origin. Uh, I was uh, conceived in uh, New Orleans, but I was born in okay. Chicago. Uh, oh, wow. My, my, my family's Creole from, the, from there. And then you mentioned your two uncles who were Marines. I'm a Marine as well. So oh, I, thank you for your service. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Hoorah. So, hey, uh, so, so DeBert, we'll be right back. I want to thank you so very, very much. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, DeBert is sitting in the airport on her way to the Jim Beatty African-American Golf Expo and Forum in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I'll be joining them uh, later Sunday evening. And uh, it's a great event. I've gone to uh, the, the one last year and met so many wonderful people in the golf industry, which is a $102 billion industry. And Blacks only pay uh, only play uh, perhaps about a 2 or 3% uh, uh, portion of that. So uh, when I say play, I mean are involved in the industry uh, in, in some form or fashion. So we're going to take a break right now, and uh, we'll be right back in a few short shakes. Don't go away. I'm G. Keith Alexander. This is What's Hot Harlem America with DeBert Cook. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them. They subscribe to them. And they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at 
Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America Radio Podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out. Check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America. Where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Kimber. Hey, uh, we are here with uh, DeBert Cook from the African American Golf Digest, and uh, she is a fabulous uh, lady, a very uh, entrepreneurial-minded woman who who stepped out and decided she wanted to have her own publication. So, DeBert, um, you're like I said before, you're on your way to a golf uh, uh, expo, uh, but you just came back from Martha's Vineyard last week. At the Martha Martha Martha's Vineyard Golf Classic, tell us about that. Yeah, actually, we host um, our annual event up there. This was the seventh annual Martha's Vineyard Golf Classic Getaway, and we've been doing this for seven years, and we have a great time up there. Uh, we do a pairings party followed by a next day golf tournament. Sometimes it's a small intimate group, 10, 12, six people. Other times we get. 2030, but it's been seven years and we have a nice time right there in the vineyard. We play golf over in Falmouth. So that's on our website too. For anybody who wants to come next year, it's August 7th and 8th and it's all on the website to register because you must get your housing soon. That housing fills up on Martha's Vineyard. By February, you can forget about it. So November, December, January, start booking your B&Bs up in Martha's Vineyard if you want to join us. And it's a great week. Some people spend the whole week because there's the Black Comedy Fest, the Black Film Fest, African American Art Festival. All that stuff is happening during the month of August. So we join in and bring our golf tournament there. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. So, uh, of course, uh, for those people who live outside of uh, New York who are listening to the show or, listen, listen, or listening outside of the country, Martha's Vineyard is a wonderful beautiful place and in august is when everyone seems to to congregate on martha's vineyard tell me some of the famous people you've seen there uh on martha's oh vineyard. wow so many so many um on the website we still showcase the time uh two three uh, before um covid four years ago when danny glover and um 
who else is in that picture is um, with us. They came up there. Harry Belafonte, the late Harry Belafonte was there. We had a wonderful time meeting and greeting them. Obama's always seen on the course. Some of my people have even played like a, a, a turn or two ahead of him out there. And then he, he enjoys that farm neck golf course. So that's there. And, and then there's another nine hole course, Meat Meadows, where we'll play the day before for people who want to just get out and tee up a little bit before the big competition. It's a wonderful escape. And then there's the Inkwell Beach, that historic beach where the women come out at 7.30 in the morning. And this year, there was a group of 180 women in the water, just manifesting and chanting and singing and enjoying and the ocean there and celebrating I'll be there next their, year. their womanhood. There's yoga. You could definitely participate in yoga on the beach too. And that all the historic um, homes that you can tour and the African-American Heritage Trail on Martha's Vineyard. That trail is fabulous. There's so much rich history up there. And I hope everyone will get a chance to come up and enjoy Martha's Vineyard with us in August next year. I've only been there one time and I was out on the lake uh, and I just happened to look down and I saw these trees. There were trees growing up from the the lake and I I couldn't believe my eyes that there were actually trees uh, and uh, but uh, it, it's a beautiful uh, place and uh, uh, I, I guess I'll try and get there next year especially around the time when all those women come out into the, uh, the water <laughs> so uh, so Debert um, tell us about some of the um, achievements that you you have acquired over the years uh and that the magazine uh has garnered uh, speak on that for us you know i i really don't um take too much into the achievement side because i feel like i'm on a mission and i'm just trying to to keep my mission in focus and if somebody recognizes me along the way i appreciate it uh the wake robin women's golf club the oldest golf club in america I'm very proud to have received an award from them. Uh, we are a PGA of America diverse supplier, which is not easy to obtain. I'm very happy to have that designation. Um, also, the United Black Golfers Association has honored me and put me in their annuals as being a woman achiever. So those mm. types of things, you know, they mean a lot to me because I do work very hard but there's a team that supports me and helps make everything happen. And there's the black community that I'm only a reflection of what they have done to help us. You know, like I said, the magazine would not be around without our black audience supporting me with their monies, their personal funds, their donations. You would be surprised at how people, they call me and just say, you know, we don't really have it, but, and they will send me a check and they'll make a deposit. It just, it's just amazing, you know, 20 years, and I have not ever had a cancel, I had one cancel check, and it was for like $35 that did not go through. But in 20 years, people have honored their promises and helped to keep the magazine alive. So those awards, they mean a lot to me, but that's not our focus. My focus is to continue to share this news and information, help our young people with their scholarship applications, to be able to showcase what they've done in the game, to help them get jobs and internships, 
that's what that's what my award is. Every time a young parent or student calls me and says, you won't believe where my son is working now. And I'm like, wow. And they will send me thank yous and letters and we appreciate you. And I'm glad I can make that happen for them. Me and my team is what is what's keeping this going. Well, that's great. Uh, of course, you, you're, you know, very humble and, uh, and everything. So I'm going to uh, uh, give a, a list of some of your awards. Uh, DeBert has, uh, has received numerous awards and honors for her professional work, including recipient of the Dr. Roscoe C. Brown Trailblazer and Publishing Award, at the 100 Black Men of New York's 14th Annual Dr. Roscoe C. Brown Golf Classic. Uh, that was uh, the 21st of August. And, I'm, I'm sorry, August uh, 2021. And um, that was at the beautiful historic Ardsley Country Club located in Davos Ferry. You've been named Business Leader of the Year by the African American Chamber of Commerce of Westchester and Rockland Counties, recipient of the President's Award by the New York Professionals Club, North American Excellence Award by the Certified Meeting Planners of North America, Outstanding Leadership Away by the Darby Foundation, the Pioneer Award from the Inner City Youth Golfers Association of West Palm Beach, Florida, and others. You've uh, been the, uh, let's see, you've been recognized by the telecommunications giant Verizon during National Small Business Month, and uh you have been honored by, like you said, the Wake Robin Golf Club, the oldest woman's golf club in America, and you're on the advisory board of the Little Ladies Golf Club in Dallas, Texas. How do you get a? I mean, uh, how do you, you know, get a chance to work on what you do when you are being uh, so uh, honored, shown shown affection, appreciation, and uh, attention by all of these different organizations? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm still trying to find an answer to that myself. <laughs> I, don't I don't know how that is. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm plus glad you, that, you know, I can be there. <laughs> uh, plus, you, you travel all over the country at, uh, to these various golf outings and things, right? I try to get to as many as I can. I love to travel, I'm telling you. And I've just completed my seventh continent. I went to Antarctica. Uh, this past November. So I'm a seven really? continent traveler. And country wise, I've been to like 34 countries. And wow. in Africa, I've done 13 countries in Africa. Really? So I'm trying to see all 54. Yes, I love travel. And it's just so exciting. And it's so educational. So what I do with the magazine, I blend my love for travel. And we offer group trips and excursions and tours. We've been doing tours um, for maybe the last 10 years. We've done Cuba twice. We've done Dubai three times. We took 80 people to Dubai on our last trip. We've done really? um, Ghana in Africa, and we've done all the Caribbean, a lot of the Caribbeans. We've done a Hawaii cruise, where we did all five islands and played golf on all five islands. We've done Alaska, where we played three courses in Alaska. Um, so check out our website. It's under all of our tours and travel information. And we've got tours coming up every year to Africa. We go to Ghana. We've done South Africa two times, and we're doing Kenya next year, and we're going to be doing um, some parts of Europe. So check out our website for that. 
That's uh, an incredible uh, list of uh, places and a, a very uh, wide collection of, of continents and countries that you've played golf in. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, give us an idea of the most exciting place that you've uh, had a chance to uh, to play in, to play a course you've played on. Oh, that would be Tooth of the Dog in Dominican Republic. Yeah, Tooth of the Dog. That's a beautiful course. Very challenging, but very beautiful. I mean, you get distracted at each hole because of the scenery. So that's my favorite course. But Cuba, I love playing in Cuba at Veradero Golf Course. And the people are just so enchanting and the history of the course. And it's a links-based course, too. And it's just marvelous there. So those would be my two favorites. My two favorite. You have mixed your passion for golf with your passion for travel. That's an amazing combination. Yeah, we want to continue that because there's so much demand. People love to get out, and we always have a nice group of people. And the thing about our group, it skews a little older. There's hardly anyone in the group younger than 50 years old. So we have a mm -hmm. ball, and we go to all the, the different clubs at night. And uh, we have luncheons, and then we do the golf clinics. We get so many people that have never played golf but are curious, and they'll come for the golf clinics and to learn on site. One girl, when we were in Ghana, she had never played golf. She took the clinic and started playing. Then when she got back, she joined uh, the New York group, the Black Jewels Ladies Golf Association, and she's still playing and, and texts me and, and says, I'm having a wonderful life as a golfer. So those types <laughs> of experience have been very fun for me. Incredible. So uh, you happen to have your um, what your your godson or your nephew with you right now, and oh, he's thirteen yeah. years old. My nephew Christopher is thirteen. He plays golf. He's learning the game, and he's going to be with me at the expo. He's going to be working our exhibit booth, right, Christopher? And staying busy helping me unload and unpack everything. So I'm glad to have this extra two pair hands. Well, that's beautiful. And I understand that he uh, won himself a cash award recently. Uh, putting. He did. He did. Christopher won a putting contest. We were playing with the Ebony League Ladies Golf Club, and he won the putting contest with all the adults that were playing. He won the money. How much you wearing? I think he won like $5. Five dollars, my man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, that, that that's pretty cool. So, yeah. uh, so Debert, uh, what do you have planned for uh, the magazine? Going forward, uh, after twenty years, you know, I don't know, I don't know. It's 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 a grind. It is a grind, you know, to get everything out on the little budget that we work with, but it serves so many people. So we're doing digital now. We started our digital format, uh, the platform three years ago, and it's going very well. It's attracted a lot of young people. So I'm happy about that. Young people will pick it up and they'll subscribe online. I'm looking at them, you know, these guys, they really love it digitally. But then I get the, the seniors calling me and emailing me, please don't stop the print magazine, please. I will subscribe for three years, please. So we increased the pricing on the subscription to help with that. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to keep the print around. We do a double issue. We do a single issue on digital, and then we'll complement that with a double issue for the next season. So you don't miss a magazine, and we still are able to keep the print going. 
That's great. Um, I, I'm interested in, uh, in fact, Jim Beatty and I, are, we've been talking about starting our African-American golf channel and uh, on Harlem America, and uh, we will support you as best we can. And, uh, you know, and in fact, Jim is part of uh, your magazine, right? Jim is what? Uh, yeah, Jim is executive editor. He's been with me. Oh, my God. Let me see. Maybe about nine, ten years. He's executive editor. He loves to be out there with people. And he came up with the idea for the expo. And I said, Jim, that's fantastic. You know, it's like a mini PGA show. And we were able to help all the people who have golf businesses who cannot afford to do the, the expensive PGA show still come together in a forum to sell their wares, their products, their services. So it's an excellent idea. And he's rolled that out. Now it's been three years. He rolled out the African-American Golf Expo and Forum. And he's got some supporters and I'm one of them. And we're helping each other grow the game of golf. Yes. When I uh, was with him last year uh, in um, Carolina, South Carolina, I was in North Carolina. One of those Carolinas. I can't North remember Carolina. which one. It was North uh -huh. Carolina. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, I met Charlotte, Charlotte. Charlotte. That is right. I met the president of the Tiger Woods Foundation. Uh, I met the uh, president of, um, was it Callaway Golf or uh, one of those golf uh, manufacturers? And I met a slew of other people, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Valentino Dixon. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, are you, mm -hmm. you, you're familiar with Valentino? Oh, yeah, sure. I know Valentino. He got some beautiful stuff. I'm going to buy some while I'm down there, too. I hope oh, yeah. he brings his food. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for folks who don't know who Valentino Dixon is, you can Google him, but he spent 27 years wrongly accused uh, and he got out of jail where he learned to uh, he, he learned about golf and mm -hmm. uh, drawing and, and uh, he got out and he's manufactured all of these wonderful uh, uh, golf shirts and, 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 and clothing and stuff. And so anyway, uh, that's wonderful. Now, um, we let's see before we go to break we get ready to go to break i guess in one minute and let's go to break right now debert uh debert i'm sorry debert <laughs> we'll go to break right now and we'll come back and uh ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening and watching because this will then go into editing and it'll be on our tv channel and uh don't forget to go to harlemamerica.com and uh, listen to some of the other podcasts we have. And then you can also download the Harlem America app onto your TV, and you'll be able to watch some of our TV shows. So, oh, and download the app to your telephone as well. You know, we're, we're portable. Take us with you. We'll be right back. Don't go away. I'm G. Keith Alexander, and this is What's Hot Harlem America. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? 
Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Harlem, America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Harlem, America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, so um, there's the documentary also that you, you, you've been in, right? What's the name of that documentary? Oh, the uh, Rainbow and the Green. We were on Tell Rainbow us a little bit the about Green. that. Yeah, that was a documentary about golf and how it benefits you. Um, it's been about a decade or more since that came out. And I think it won a couple of awards, too. But they called and wanted to feature us in a, in a segment. And that was, um, it went pretty well, too. But they didn't get as much recognition as they should have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, it, it, you know, the production was excellent. But it was just the, the distribution and, and getting it out. But it was a great documentary, Rainbow on the Green. Well, maybe you can put me in contact with them and uh, we can put them on our uh, channel. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I can. Yeah. And, and promote it. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've always heard, even though I never really got into playing golf and, and interested really in golf until, you know, these last couple of years, having talked to Jim, um, and it's a $102 billion industry. Tell our audience, what are the benefits of being on the golf course, playing with executives and CEOs and, and people who uh, you normally would not meet just walking around, you know, the, the neighborhood. Uh, what are the benefits? Oh, it's tremendous benefits in playing golf. I mean, it's an expensive game to learn to play, but you well worth to get your money back by just the connections and the networking that takes place on a golf course and at the golf events. You can have someone from a Fortune 500 company in your foursome and I mean, the people are so humble sometimes, you don't even know who he is, if they've just paired you up. And then you out there on the course spending five hours, four to five hours with this individual. And along the way, you talk about everything. You talk about your family, you talk about your activities, what you like to do. And then it comes around to the conversation of what do you do for work? And you can network and learn more about a person on the course than you ever could at a lunch meeting or, or going to an office to have a sit down with them. Being on the golf courses is because the environment, it's very relaxing. You're in a very scenic place. It's leisurely. You're dressed comfortably. So that all follows in being able to connect with someone. And when you connect with someone on the golf course and you play with them, you actually become friends. 
you know, after it's over, you don't be surprised they call you to have lunch with them or come to an event with them or come sit down and have a barbecue, you know, because you learn so much about each other and the way you play the game, it's just a networking, a networking opportunity that everyone should be able to take advantage of, especially if you're in business and as a business owner, golf must be a part of your mix and getting new leads and getting acquainted with new people and opportunities. You have to expand your circle. And some people say, well, it looks like a boring game. I don't want to hit a little white ball. I don't, I'd rather do something more active. But you can't have that close, intimate contact with top, top leaders in business and industry anywhere else. You can't do that sitting in a stadium watching a basketball game with someone. You can do that on the golf course where you're going to spend four straight hours or more with the person intimately in close contact. So that's one of the great benefits of learning to play golf. And uh, there are many celebrities, top athletes uh, play golf as well. And uh, name some of the ones that, that you know of, please. Well, we all know Michael Jordan has taken up the sport. And most recently, DJ Khalid has taken up the sport. Um, Kevin Hart is trying to learn to play. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the celebrities are realizing, you know, and this is a game you can play for life. It's not like, you know, you're going to injure yourself and you be out and you can't play anymore. Then there's even if you are a little disadvantaged physically, you can still play and there's leagues you can play with. So a lot of the celebrities are starting to play the game and they're getting older. Um, and it's just fascinating to watch them make that transition from football and basketball and baseball and finally say, oh, look who's playing golf now. So don't be surprised if you see a lot of these guys learning to play the game. I recently met uh, Dembe from uh, the Blacklist, uh, Hashim Tafik, and he plays golf. He travels around playing golf uh, as, as well. And uh, it's, it's uh, from what I'm learning that this is a sport that has many, many benefits. Uh, and uh, have you had an opportunity to knock that little white ball into that hole from 200 yards away yet? Not yet. I haven't made a hole in one yet. No, pretty close sometimes, but I've never, not yet. I'm just waiting. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think when uh, Curry uh, got the hole in one? Oh, you know, I was so excited for him. I mean, this guy, he loves the game anyway. So he deserved that. And he was just like so excited. It's a moment he'll never forget, but I don't think it's his last one. The way he's playing, I don't think it's his last. Well, you know, this guy can hit anything from anywhere. I mean, you know, the way he shoots uh, uh, when he's playing basketball and he can hit, and now he's conquered golf. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he's in mm -hmm. crackers. That, that was so amazing. I was so happy uh, for him. Uh, when I when I saw that, you know, this is so wonderful to be able to talk to you. We're we're winding down our our last segment. You'll be able to go and check in real soon. And uh, I, I I I'm just so thrilled that uh, I've had this opportunity to talk with you. Is there anything that um, a lot of mothers, as, as you mentioned before, uh, in in the break, uh, they don't play golf, but they bring their kids. Uh, the wise mothers who, who know the benefits of, of golf bring their kids and, and they go off and, 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 and let the kids learn and play. Uh, what advice would you give to mothers? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of black mothers raising sons and daughters on their own. 
This is something in our community we're very familiar with. And the mothers always want the best for the children. And they're finding out that even though they don't play golf, they're hearing about the opportunities that their child can, can obtain, such as scholarships. There's so many scholarships that sometimes coaches will call me at the end of the year and say, do you know any, any black student who's playing golf? I don't care how well they play, just please have them call me, contact me. I've got these two full ride scholarships and it breaks my heart because I go through my list, I'm calling people, I'm calling people trying to help the coach out so that some child or two children could get these full ride college scholarships. So the mothers are finding this out and I get a lot of phone calls and emails from women asking me, what can I get my child involved in golf? They're age 10, 12, 14. And I wanna be able to get my child at least exposed to the game because they're finding out of the opportunities in, in employment you know, just to have that on your application draws a recruiter's interest. He'll be like, oh, the kid knows golf? Okay. And, and, and then with the internships, the children that get those, it helps them to get into a full-time job many, many times. But if they don't know about the sport, then, you know, they can't put that down in their application. And a lot of the mothers and the, single, the fathers who are raising kids, they don't play the game. But I'm, I'm finding more and more that they will bring their child to the course sit in the car, read a book or whatever, while their child gets instruction and gets, gets um, to play some of the game. And they will be able to say, you know, my child is involved in golf. And I find that that's a real growing trend, that even though the parent doesn't play, they are bringing their child to learn. Do you have any, um, any regrets uh, about anything or anything you had to give up in your life in order to become the DeBert cook that uh, we know now? No. And I'm glad I can say that I have no regrets. I think um, I've just followed the path that's been laid in front of me. I'm not really resisted in anything. I'm not afraid to step outside of my circle. If an opportunity presents itself for me, I'm not afraid to explore it. So I think that's been some of my most positive attributes as a person. And um, I, again, I, I reflect that back to my mother. She, watching her as a single woman, raised two daughters and all that she went through and how she persevered. My mother's feared of, she's fearful of nothing. And mm -hmm. I tell you right now, uh, she's, she will jump at a moment's notice. She just got her reverend doctor. She just is, became mm -hmm. a reverend doctor and graduated from seminary school at mm -hmm. the age of 84. God bless and she her. And she has her own church that she runs. And really? I helped her. We were cleaning up the vestibule over the weekend and moving some stuff around. I said, if I can be like this, I hope in the next 20 years, I'm still as strong mentally and physically as my mother. You know, I'll be grateful. But I really credit her for, for me having the stamina, the ambition, the determination, not being dissuaded by distractions or people shutting the door in my face or all the no's that I hear continuously from people when I call corporations asking them to advertise. I thank God that, you know, I've not let that dissuade me and I've persevered. Yeah. Wow. That is wonderful. You, um, today you're going to be on the flight at three o'clock. You're going to get down to the, uh, expo. What will you participate in? today and tomorrow. Oh, okay. I'm going to be speaking at a seminar on 
uh, women in golf and the achievements. So I look forward to everybody joining me there. It's on the 20th, I believe, and it starts at 9 a.m. And I hope people will come and join me for that session. Um, it's going to be a very active session. I look forward to sharing more about the magazine and what it's done and who has helped us and how other businesswomen can navigate this road that's male-dominated, but, you know, stay focused and succeed in whatever their dreams are in and out of the game of golf. Uh, and then I'm coming down Sunday, uh, Sunday evening after Harlem Week, uh, I'll be uh, involved with Harlem Week uh, Saturday and Sunday, but I'm coming down and I expect to uh, to uh, meet some of the people I didn't meet last year, but see some of the people from last year. And also you and I are going to hook up and we're going to have either lunch or dinner or something and and uh, see how we can uh, help each other uh, move forward. And uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, great to be, for the three. Hey, how did how did you find out that Jim Beatty and I were friends that we knew each other? How did that come about? You did an interview with Jim and he sent it to me. And I'm like, you know, Cheeky, oh my gosh. So that was it. You, the interview you did with him and he sent to me is how I found out that you guys knew each other. Uh, I said, what a small world. I'm sorry. I'm going to miss Harlem week. That's a great time. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's a great time. Uh, last Sunday, we were at uh, Grant's Tomb, uh, and we had uh, yeah. Nona Hendricks. We had Dawn Ooh. Lewis. We had oh, uh, Rachel. She plays golf, too, you know. Yeah. Dawn? Yeah, Dawn plays. Dawn? Really? She plays. Yeah, yeah. Oh, She's got I some cute clothes. Oh, yeah. really? I'm going to I'm have to call her and, and tease her. her about that. Her, her birthday was last Sunday as, oh. as well. And uh -huh. uh, she she's also been on my show. But I'm, I'm going to call her up and tease her about that. Okay, that's yeah. great. Okay. Maybe she'll take me out and show me how to do a few strokes or putting. She might. Or she's very outgoing. It. Yeah, she's very great. outgoing. Great. So, all right, we're winding down now. We've got... Uh, less than a minute and i just want to thank you so much debert cook african-american golf digest uh you are uh a trailblazer and uh thank you so very much for all that you do for the game of golf and i'll give you the last 20 seconds what would you like to say okay everyone go and subscribe to our youtube channel see some great videos also subscribe to the magazine and visit the website africanamericangolfersdigest.com and you can find all our social media platforms under that name facebook twitter instagram and pinterest ladies and gentlemen you got it straight from debert cook okay <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so very very much hope to see you at uh harlem week uh saturday and sunday and then see you sunday night into monday and tuesday at the uh African-American Golf Expo and Forum, Jim Beatty's uh, uh, production. And uh, you have a great day and a better one tomorrow. And I want to see you next Friday. Okay? Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening. Oh, wow.